Alrighty, welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Trade School podcast. This is week uh, 15, I believe. We're at least in in week 15 of our league. I honestly cannot tell you which episode we are on. But we are back. <laughs> we are ready to talk fantasy football coming off of our uncut episode. It's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks, but we should be good to go now. Uh, we're a little bit late but for this week, but we are getting now into uh, the second week of the playoffs. A lot has happened. A lot has gone down. We're going to talk about all of it and uh, even have a little bit of fun towards the end of the show. So, as always, my name is Kevin Fisher. I am your host for today. Alongside me is my man, Diego Tarango, my co-host, my co-commissioner. How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, we'll see how this episode goes. We're a little bit low on content this week. But. <laughs> well, you know, we had we had the first week of the playoffs, and, there, you know, of course, there's no real trades no. We're kind of getting to that point where, you know, unless it's a really big move, there's no real even free agent moves yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Most of the uh, the free agents are snagged up. If they're not snagged up by the teams who are in the playoffs, it's it's those of us who, you know, are out of the playoffs and are looking Feel to kind of year, yeah, yeah and, and and looking to kind of have those guys that hey maybe they could pop out of nowhere and have a great week exactly. like like a Patrick Laird or something like yeah. that who's on my team mm-hmm. who you know he would have been a good free agency pickup that probably would have been on the waiver wire if it, if I was in the playoffs and trying to compete but because right. I'm not um, went ahead and picked him up so like you said we're a little bit short on content it'll probably be a little bit shorter of an episode despite how long this introduction is. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we're going to start off talking about the Week 14 recap. We're going to look at uh, what happened in our league in the first week of the playoffs. And uh, we actually had quite the upset. So we only had two games last week, of course, because we had two first-round buys with uh, Jay Santos and Tag Poppers. They both automatically move on to the the next round. Um, I want to start off with one of our closer matchups. This is one that we talked about being close you know, weeks in advance. Oh yeah, uh, was between T Bone Steak and Hey Darnold. Hey Darnold takes the win with one ten to ninety six. But this game was uh, pretty close all the way up until yeah, about was... halfway through that last that Monday night yeah. game. So oh yeah, it was neck and neck. I think Hey Darnold had actually uh, commented in our league chat in the middle of that game, not having checked the score, that he was getting crushed by T Bone Steak only to actually look at how his team was doing and realize that he was ahead. Yeah, there was but definitely... So that's that's literally how close it was going. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I think Joe Mixon was a was a huge oh, guy for yeah. him. Amari Cooper looked really good, too. So, um, you know, he had that big trade trading Saquon to yours truly, and um, at the time it didn't look good. But all of those players that he got back in the trade, even, you know, Philip Lindsay um, and, and some mm-hmm. of the young guys, too, they, they all looked really, really good here. Uh, of course, A.J. Brown put up a huge week, even though he oh, was on yeah. his bench. So um, that trade's actually, at least for this season, definitely looking like a good trade for him because Saquon's been terrible, and you know who knows if he would have been able to pull this game out if he was starting Saquon instead of Joe Mixon or something like that. So Honestly, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So uh, on the other side, you had Devontae Freeman put up a pretty good week. Todd yeah. Gurley put up a pretty good week. So you couldn't really ask um, of anything more from the running backs. On the wide receiver front, it was a different Unfortunately, story. Unfortunately, he had Alshon Jeffrey yeah. in, who is on IR, and that's it's it's not his fault because Alshon no. Jeffrey nobody knew it up until game time, and yeah. like it was it was if, very. If you're not able to be 
on the yep. app, switch yep. up your team here at the moment. It's not going to happen. You'll be watching halfway through the game if you happen to turn the game on and find out he's on IR and you're like... Yeah, well, yeah. in fact, he actually played this game. Uh, he had two balls thrown his he way. Didn't he didn't have two targets. He yes. didn't catch any of them. Um, and, of course, he comes out of the game, goes on IR automatically. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough break, especially in the playoffs. That's it's really tough. Yeah. We had a lot of injuries um, this week. It was funny because for the first week of the playoffs, there was a whole bunch of like big performances from guys, but there was a whole lot of injuries too. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how, um, you know, all how of our teams. The rest yeah, of it. exactly. Yeah. Uh, John Brown also had a tough game. Same with Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. It was just a tough week for him, yeah. and uh, and he unfortunately does not move on. But he's oh. going to be strong for next year, and that it will be the next time that we see him. So uh, the other game was our big one. It was yes. between Bo Record, one of the three Titans. Of uh, yes, of our league, he falls to Jmart. Very close game. You called your shot I last week. I did call my shot. You said it was going to happen. Yes, if you remember our bracket, I did indeed have Jmarty moving on over Bo Record. And Bo Record on the other side was my champion. So I don't even think there's a even a possible way that I could, we can look back and I could have won this bracket. Um, actually, my both of my finalists, uh, T Bone and record got out in the first round yes so it's pretty rough on my side of the bracket but anyways uh this was a close game too jay marty pulls it out 135 mm-hmm. to 131 uh both were way higher scoring than our previous game oh, and yeah. uh you know jay mart russell wilson pulls it out over lamar jackson even though he didn't have the greatest game in the world yeah he was able to put uh, together a few guys like edelman thomas Michael thomas rely on guys <laughs> You know, he's had um, Ian Thomas for a couple weeks now, and he's been great for him. Robert Woods gets his first touchdown on the season. He looks great. So, you know, I think – and and you look at J-Mart's bench, there was very few um, high scores. So he he really did a good job of – Miller, that's about it. Everybody else was either zero or very little above zero. Yeah, so he looks – you know he looks great as a as an owner and and Bo Record. That's a tough loss. Yes, he falls. He's got a great team for next season again. Um, so I, I expect him to be just as good next mm-hmm. season. But man, that's what I was saying the whole the whole year is once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And uh, and we saw that in week one already. So we've definitely got some uh, exciting matchups moving forward. Uh, Jay Marty, the underdog that that you actually have going all the way to the finals. Um, and losing, but yes. uh, you you have him taking it one step further. He's going up against Jay Santos, and uh, and Hey Darnold and Tag Poppers will go up against each mm-hmm. other. I I think there's gonna be a lot of trash talking going yeah. on in that one. Oh yeah, and I mean both those games. Obviously, we've only had uh, not much happen yet this week, but they're both projected at really close games. I mean, you've got John Santos projected to win by three points, one thirty two to one twenty nine, and you've got Tag Poppers projected to win 139 to 121. Yep. And again, like we said, anything can happen in these in yeah. these last weeks. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Um, we're going to make sure to update you on all of that stuff, of course, moving forward. Um, on the other side of the bracket, for our losers bracket, uh, go through this really quickly. I dominated you, period, yes, you the did. end. End of story. I move on. You are in the toiletest of toilet bowls. Yes. And uh, we'll fight to not get absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
I I think I have a good shot at getting absolutely <laughs> unless my team just absolutely implodes again like it did last week. I think I will be fine. Sorry, Shane, but it's it's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely projected to win that, and so you would end up getting the five dollars in extra fab and yes. the third waiver spot. Um, on the other side, Wolfman, the Milwaukee Tank Project shows his uh, shows his brute force. Yes, he, he dominates does. Shane. So we had I, two two big blowouts here. He would have if he had been in the playoffs, he would have beaten anybody <laughs> but John Santos. <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't even I didn't by, even think about that until just now. By a lowest score, he J Marty would have put up the best effort, but still falling like six points behind wow. him. Wow. That's wild. So <laughs> goes to show, hey, you know, if if the Milwaukee Tank project wasn't wasn't taking so hard, it will be interesting to see where they was where they were at. Um, but that will do it for the losers bracket. I want to just talk really quickly about a few of the uh, waiver pickups that we did have. Um, again, nothing really to write home about, but uh, Ryan Tannehill was picked up by the Milwaukee Tank Project for a whopping $57. I believe that is our highest bid of the season. I think so. Um, I, I, I understand it. He had $57 left. Why not just spend it up? Because you You've don't get it. You've only got like one more week. Yep. You don't get it when it's gone. So, uh, Brashad Perryman. Mike Evans goes down and Jay Marty decides to pick up Brashad Perryman for $22 yes. in fab. And for the exact same reason, I went ahead and picked up Justin Watson. I think Justin Watson could possibly be that guy. Um, you did beat Tag Poppers on that one. I did, yeah. You um, both had zero, but higher <laughs> waiver claim. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Watson looks great on tape, but he really has not even hardly stepped foot on an NFL field. Uh, where Brashad Perryman is the veteran. We'll see who gets that spot there. Uh, Deontay Harris is picked up by Tag Poppers, who missed out on Watson. And uh, then we had some kickers picked up. DeAndre Washington was picked up uh, for Deion Lewis by Tag Poppers. Interesting thing there. I don't know if he'll be on the team for much longer because uh, Josh Jacobs looks to be coming back. And finally, Kendrick Bourne was picked up by Tag Poppers. He's had a couple of touchdowns in the last two weeks. Yes. Um, then again, the next day, we had Boston Scott picked up, who, by the way, is my favorite player to play with on Madden. If you haven't played <laughs> with him on Madden 20, he's a cheat code. Uh, Boston Scott is picked up by Jay Santos for five bucks. I went ahead and picked up Nelson Aguilar. He was dropped in the Tannehill uh, signing, and I dropped David Blah, and I spent a dollar there. Uh, Kelvin Harmon was picked up again by Wolfman after he was dropped the day before for Kendrick Bourne. So that was what we had going on this week. Anything you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, you had one more move. You dropped the Jets just in time. I did. Before that game started. Good I, for you. I forgot that the Jets were playing on Thursday Night Football, and I had a waiver claim to pick up another defense, and then I realized, oh crap, they're going up against the Ravens on Thursday night, so I had to drop them and uh, go without a defense for a night. But I'm glad I did. I think they only put up like three points. Yeah. Um, let's talk about move. our projections a little bit um, going forward for this next week, as well as... Um, you know, what our bracket looks like. We mm -hmm. talked about that a little bit. Uh, both of us had uh, T-Bone taking it over Hey Darnold, and that did not happen. Hey Darnold moves on. Good for him, uh, but we lost out on that. Actually, good for me, too, because I have T-Bone's second-round pick, so that'll be a little bit higher yeah, for Yeah, that, that's so. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of good for me, I'm really hoping that Hey Darnold beats Tag Poppers this week, uh, but 
neither of us had him doing that, so no. uh, we both project Tag Poppers will move on, but if he doesn't, I will get a higher first-round pick, so I'm hoping for that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. On the other side, uh, I had Bo Record beating uh, Jay Santos, but he is out, so maybe that goes over to J-Mart, who is who you had beating Jay Santos. Yes, the Cinderella season goes on. There we go. We'll see if he moves on. So right now you've got for the finals Tag Poppers and J-Mart, um, who are both still alive. So your bracket is still alive and looking yes. l- looking good. Uh, mine is completely destroyed, just like most NCAA March Madness brackets. Uh, after week one, they're completely gone. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. On the other side of the bracket, like we said, um, you know, we've got your your matchup there that that looks like you're going to win that. I think me and uh, me and Wolfman's is is definitely going to be interesting. Be a good game. I'm a little bit scared because he put up so many points last week and he's trying to beat me here. He's projected to win, but I think I can it's pull it out. By win by a decent amount too. Yeah, but hey, you know, I've got some some wild cards. I got Patrick Laird and Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton uh, warming up to warm up to play for me, so yeah. I think we've definitely got some wild cards. So that'll do it for our projections. All right, um, we want to add one more segment in here just because, of course, it's a short week and a short podcast, um, and so we're going to do NFL awards. We're going to project what we think the NFL awards will be. Um, we're going to do this over the next two weeks. So. We're going to do the big three, um, at least I think for fantasy, the big three next week. Um, and that being the MVP, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and the Defensive Rookie of the Year. So we're going to do those three next week. Um, but this week we're going to look at the NFC and AFC uh, awards as well as our Coach of the Year. Um, just a little bit fun you know, talk mm-hmm. that we can have here, something, something fun that we can kind of discuss. So... Uh, we actually ended up having very, very similar yes, picks. Yes, we did. The only, I want to start here in the AFC because the only uh, picks that we had different were um, you went ahead and said that you thought that Minka Fitzpatrick might be the defensive player of the year. Um, I thought that was a good, On the you AFC know, side, yes. Yeah, on the AFC side. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good dark horse. I wasn't really thinking about him. I put Stephon Gilmore, cornerback for the Patriots. Um, I think that he's just been so dominant this yeah. year. He's been so great. That mm-hmm. defense is again one of the best in football. But um, explain to me why you right. why why you might think that uh, Fitzpatrick might pull away with it. You know, uh, obviously as a Cardinals fan, I pay attention a little bit more to the NFC. Um, but it seemed like every time I happened to turn on an AFC game, uh, majority of the time Steelers were playing, uh, just with where we live and everything. But Every time one of those games would come on, I feel like I would see Minka Fitzpatrick's name pop up at least once, whether he's, you know, swatting something down, getting a pick, just being that dominant player on the field that was wreaking havoc for yep. the opposing offense. Yeah, that was a great trade for the Steelers oh, from yeah. the Dolphins. I think, you know, just giving up what they gave up. It was it was a decent amount, but you know, it's definitely worth it when you can get a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. I remember him being so dominant in, at Alabama, and um, I think at the time I really was hoping that the Cardinals would get him. We ended up with Josh Rosen, which I was happy with at the time, but uh, that turned Obviously, out to not be so great. Yeah. But, um, you know, definitely an interesting uh, interesting case there. I think Stephon Gilmore's more of the safer pick, but um, right. I, I would yeah. love to see Minka get it. He's in his, uh, his second year, and he's already looking like a dominant force oh, and yeah. possible defensive player of the year candidate, so... Um, good for him, good for that Steelers team and that Steelers defense. Um, 
the Steelers are a team I really want to like them. But I work for the Cardinals, and we played the Steelers last week. And after seeing their fan base in full action <laughs> with about 80 to 85% sold-out crowd at State Farm Stadium, I want to hate the Steelers so badly. So that, that's, it's kind of a love-hate. That's love what hate. it took for you to hate I, the Steelers? I like what they're doing. I don't like their fans. I'm sorry. Okay. If you're a Steelers fan, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're, you're, you're the exception. But for me, man, I just, I don't know. It was it was man, brutal. Man, it was for brutal. me, my my dislike of the Steelers goes back to like you said. I want oh, to like yeah, the that Steelers, too. That but too. yeah, going back to uh, just just a little game in two thousand nine. Yeah, 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 one little catch. I tell you what, I was I was trash talking with one of my um, one of one of my coworkers with the Cardinals, and you know I was kind of telling him he's an older guy, so he remembers it, and I was like, ah, oh, it wasn't a catch, it wasn't a catch, and I was I was you know just climbing around <laughs> with him, and he was like, pull it up then, so I pulled it up. I'm sorry. It was a catch. It was definitely a catch. I don't know. The last time I watched it, I still wouldn't. No, it was definitely. He was in. He was in. I guess it depends on your interpretation on if a foot on top of a foot counts as a catch. I think it was a catch. Anyways, um, there's a ton of catch (laughs) arguments that we could could probably make. Uh, Our other AFC pick, of course, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, Lamar Jackson. He's going to run away with it, literally. Um, Yeah. You know he's he's just so good. He passes Michael Vick on yes, Thursday night last night. <laughs> like twenty um, minutes in the game. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. He only needed like twenty three yards, and yeah. so he went ahead and did that. And he's just been so dominant. Did you see that he signed? Uh, he had nine of his unworn jerseys that he was signing for Jets players, and they were lined up in a straight line like fans. I did not see that. Yeah. Crazy. So he's That's... standing there with a whole with, with a whole armful of jerseys, signing them and giving them to the other team's Jeez. players like they were just like regular fans. And it was just... Right. It's ridiculous. And I, honestly... Part of me is like, all right, that's that's stupid. Get back to your locker room. Like, come right. on. If, if you're not the one guy that he chooses to give the jersey yeah. swap to, then... But I can't blame them. I mean, you're, no. you're, we all know... We have to appreciate yes, that. Yes, they might get to play each other again, but to have that jersey from this great season signed and everything, I yep. mean, you it's can't amazing. pass that off. You, you guys have to understand that we're watching greatness. Like We're watching something that people are going to be talking about for a very, very long time, and it's amazing to watch. So you can't blame some of these players to want to... Mm-hmm. You know, get that sign to be able to be a part of that. So, I think it's amazing. He's he's gonna run away with that. Um, yeah, it's probably years not gonna now, be. We'll be talking about some of those spin moves. Exactly. You know, you'll come across those NFL history films, and we'll get Lamar Jackson. Yep. Juking out defenders. <laughs> and you know, little spoiler alert: it's probably not gonna be the only award he's gonna be winning. Um, but uh, that's gonna be it for our AFC pick. So let's move on to the NFC now. Uh, we both had McCaffrey going. Offensive player of the year for the NFC. I think it's pretty clear on that side, too. Yeah. He's been a, a dominant force. Mm-hmm. I think if he would, you know, he's not a quarterback, so it's hard to call him an MVP candidate because it seems like a quarterback's exactly. uh, award. But, you know, if, if it wasn't so much so in that way, then I would definitely have McCaffrey at the top of that list. He's been Oh, amazing. yeah, for sure. And especially for fantasy. So, yeah. uh, defensive player of the year, we've got, we both picked <laughs> the same dark horse. Well, I picked the dark horse. You picked and it, you and then I was like, me. oh, yeah, that would be a great. <laughs> Um, I want to start off by saying that I think um, Nick Bosa is probably the front runner for this award for Defense yes. Player of the Year in the NFC, um, but I really don't want to pick him because we're Cardinals fans and he was picked second overall and there, there was a whole thing there and, of course, the 49ers. So we both went ahead and picked my boy Chandler Jones 
Uh, Arizona Cardinal, you may not be thinking about him because they haven't been no. great this season. But he leads the league in sacks. Actually, unfortunately, I did look that up um, right before we started recording. But he is one and a half sacks behind right now. Um, I believe Shaquille Barrett okay. is one and a half ahead of him after this last week that we had. Um, but he is still tied on forced fumbles. There, there you go. So he's so tied for forced fumble. He's uh, he's right up there. He's been he's been the leader, I'll say, um, in sacks all season long. And you know now he's one and a half back right now from Shaq Barrett, who is another uh, defensive player of the year candidate. He's been amazing as well. So um, I think Chandler Jones, if he's not you know, like a front runner for it. I definitely think he needs to be considered, and I think that he can run away with it. He definitely deserves to be a Pro Bowler. Oh yeah. And uh, unfortunately, just with with how the Cardinals have played, you know, when you get those teams that aren't doing well, those players that are stars and are doing amazing things kind of fall back into the shadows of players who aren't doing quite as well but are on winning teams. There you go. So, um. So that's going to be our picks for uh, the AFC and the NFC. Let's move over into our last segment here. We're going to be talking about coaches of the year. We've both got different picks here. Um, I'll let you start off. Say, you know, maybe who who, who you think deserves it, why they deserve it, and uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one was this one was a lot harder than picking players um, for sure. You know, because they're, you know, it's coaches not everything's not necessarily on them on success of the team or whatever, but they do play a big part of it. And this year there are, there are quite a few coaches that could be up for this award. I went with Kyle Shanahan, seeing how um, the team has, he's turned the team around from last year. Obviously they dealt with so many injuries last year and yes, they're still dealing with injuries this year, but going from, they were either three and 13 or four and 12 last year. I don't remember exactly what, um, but I mean, Turning a team around that lost to the three and thirteen Cardinals last season that couldn't compete, and then coming around and being what's the record now? I don't remember. Did they? Did they, they, they what, one or two losses? Yeah. But um, yeah, they they've been amazing. I think Kyle Shanahan's he's he's so good. I mean that defense is is amazing. That offense. I I really rec- I really want to recognize. Um, you know, the running game for that offense oh, yeah. because it seems like no matter which running back that they exactly. have, they've got 12 of them, <laughs> but whichever running back they have, Raheem Mostert looks like a star. Yes. And and, and, and so, you know, it's it's amazing. It's great for fantasy football. Um, you know, like you said, I think there's a ton of coaches who, who uh, could be up for this. I think you can make a case for, of course, Shanahan, you know, Pete Carroll. Sean um, Payton. Sean Payton. Uh, Sean McDermott. Uh, of course, you could say Bill Belichick. You can like say <laughs> Mike Tomlin. Um, you know Frank Reich. Maybe there's there's a lot of coaches that could mm-hmm. be up for this. There's there's even more than that. I'm gonna go uh, with a little bit of the safer pick here, but um, Jim Harbaugh. And the reason I say that is he's completely changed. I'm not gonna tell you anything you haven't heard, but he's completely changed that offense oh, yeah. from you know having such a uh, you know, cookie cutter offense with with Joe Flacco, just your typical mm-hmm. old school, um, you know, defense first, running the ball yeah. first, offense. Yeah, that when you're was talking just, about a team that's known for defense. Yep, having such the offensive year that they yep. had. They they were just a hard nosed, boring, gross team, and then he completely changed everything for uh for Lamar Jackson, and I think Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, is huge in that 
he was also the offensive coordinator sorry for uh, Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I think there was one other. It may have been Cam Newton. Don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, so he's been around these these uh, quarterbacks. You know what I think it was? I think it was RG3 in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but but these, these quarterbacks that are very um, big with just, uh, you know, running the ball and as, yeah. as well as passing the ball. And so he, he's a big one. I think he's definitely offensive coordinator of the year, um, even though we're not picking mm-hmm. those. But, uh, you know, you got to give a lot of that to Jim Harbaugh, too. Yeah. Their defense is still very, very mm-hmm. good, even though they're not nearly as talented um, as they once were. And they're, they're killing it. And, and it's one of the most interesting and fun teams in the league. And I think you got to uh, yeah. give a lot of that to the mm-hmm. coach. Well, and if you think about it, the couple... Ravens games that I saw pieces of last season even you could already see he was starting to implement the style offense that they're running now even last year which has worked out amazing you give some of your more veteran players a chance to you know here here's a little chunk of what we're kind of going to be doing so they get used to that kind of style of play and it's obviously exploded this season and I think you know the Ravens are in such good hands moving forward Harbaugh is going to be coaching there for a very long time uh you know of course you got a lot of young players um with Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson but I think even at the front office level with uh their new GM they've only had two GMs in the entire existence of their franchise Ozzie Newsom was there forever. He did a great job building that team over and over and over again. And uh, their new uh, GM, excuse me, I don't remember his name, but he trained under Ozzie. You know, he's been right. with the system for a long time. This was his first time um, as full GM as Newsom retired, and uh, he's done great. He's fit right into there, and his draft picks, you know, looked really good. And so he's just continuing on that line. They're they're going to be in very good hands for a long time. But with that, that'll do it. For us, um, again, like I said, a little bit shorter of an episode. I hope we were still able to make it fun. Uh, let us know what you guys think about your picks. Um, you know, are we crazy for saying that Chandler Jones is there? <laughs> is there somebody else uh, than Lamar Jackson who can pull away with that uh, with that offensive player of the year in the AFC? I would love to hear it. Who do you think should be the coach of the year? Let us know in, of course, our um, our league chat. And uh, we will talk to you in the chat, and we will see you next week. Thanks again, guys, and we are out.